The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Hey, Rockheads, stop trying to explain garbage collection to your three-year-old and listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Lawrence Ryan announcing show number 342 with guest Dan Whelan, recorded live Tuesday, May 6th, 2008. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. And now offering SharePoint 2007 video training with Sahil Malik on DVD, DNR TV style. Order your copy now at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik, providing the best in Windows forms and ASP.NET controls with first-class customer service. Online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Data Dynamics, makers of ActiveReports.net. Simple, powerful, and cost-effective reporting for Windows Forms and ASP.NET Web Applications. Online at www.datadynamics.com. And by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers. Online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who has a point, and that's why he wears a hat, Carl Franklin. Hey, 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 it's Thursday. That means .NET rocks. I'm here with Richard Campbell. This is Carl Franklin. Hey, Richard. Yes, sir. Love a Thursday. Dude, let me tell you something. What's uh, up? I have, um, I have rediscovered wine. Rediscovered wine? Wine. Yeah. Uh-oh. I know this is a funny thing to lead the show off with, but <laughs> we were in Orlando at a Morton Steakhouse and uh, I remember I had probably the, one of the best rib chops that I've had in a long time there. And Richard, of course, you know, is more, much more of a wine snob than anybody else I know. But he knows his wine. And he asked the sommelier if they had a, any Argentinian wine. And, of course, he said, we have one. And Richard was like, what? Are you kidding me? He gave the guy a ration of you-know-what because he only had one Argentinian, which is like apparently the – the best red wine to eat with beef. Oh, we were looking for a Malbec, as I recall. And yes. yeah, that's the wine you want when you're eating meat. Right. And and the guy only had one. And granted, it was good. If I remember, it was like really good. Yes, but he had to dig a long way to find it, as I recall. Right. So at my 40th birthday party, people were asking me, you know, what should we bring? Should we bring a gift? And I didn't want stuff. So I no. said, bring a bottle of wine. And th- what I didn't do was mark down who brought what wine. And... I didn't really look any of them up. I just sort of drank them over gradually. And one bottle stood out to me, and I couldn't really un- explain why. 
And then I looked at it after it was about halfway gone, and it was a Malbec. Ah. Not only was it a Malbec, but looking it up online, it was one of these $140 bottles, like a 2000 vintage Malbec that you can only get like from Canada or Brazil or France or somebody. They don't import it in the United States. They make a 2003, <laughs> and that's like $70. But and, – and, you know, so – so it turns out that I actually do have good taste when it comes to wine. Uh, I'm all about wine that tastes good. That well, that's what that's why I looked it up because yeah. I was like, "Hey, this is really good." That's yeah. funny. Anyway, wine, wine, wine. Let's talk about .net. Better know framework. All right, sir. What do you got? Yes. Well, Better Know Framework, as you know, is a segment of the show where I introduce you to a namespace or class that you might not have known is there in the .NET Framework. The purpose is not to to educate completely, but merely to point it out, to tell you what it's all about so you can go look it up on your own time. And this week's namespace is system.windows.interop. Now, this is in addition to, is different from, the interrupt services system runtime interrupt services namespace, which I talked about on Tuesday. Right. This is system.windows.interop. It's a WPF class for interoperating with Windows API functions. Oh, okay. So you're in WPF. You want to access cursors. You want to access HWINs. You know, you want uh, to deal with the browser environment stuff. Yeah, that's device contacts. Yeah, bitmaps. Um, so this is going to help you do that. Okay. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's the first thing that you look for when you're doing WPF applications. Is like, I have some code I know how to do, you know, and maybe I have some DLLs that use the Windows API. How can I access those? So there you go. System.windows.interop. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, you got an email for us, Richard? I do indeed. And this is again referring to Mark Miller's ah. show, 338, on the science of good UI. It was awesome. And you just did a DNR TV with him as well. Yes, DNRTV.com. So this is a slightly different angle on it. This uh, starts off, hi, I was just listening to show 338, Mark Miller and the Science of Good UI. Very interesting stuff. Looking at the example screenshot of emphasized text, and then he refers to the uh, graphic on our site at shrinkster.com slash WQZ. So Whiskey Quebec Zebra. Uh I just know I have to try this on my next project. And then reality kicks in. I'm just the average forms developer, but as far as I know, there is no support for it in .NET, maybe in WPF, and it only gets worse if you consider all our applications are multi-language. What is the secret? Keep up the good work, Tim. So he basically just wants to do like a drop shadow kind of thing? If you go look at the graphic that I just re referred to at uh, shrinkster.com slash WQZ, you see uh, one of the things from Adobe that's got uh, nice background images. But I think the big thing that Tim's picking up on, which is something that uh, Mark brought up, is how key words like zoom and crop are emphasized on this dialogue uh, as opposed to the other text, which is less important. I see. So that it helps draw your eye to what each section of what is relatively a complex panel mm. uh, is important, what parts really stand out. Mm. And so my first thought is, near as I can remember, this has been a while since I've done this, I can't actually mix fonts on a given uh, label, can I? Well, you can on a label, but you can in a rich text box. Okay, which would be kind of heavy to put on for just describing a, yeah. a, a button. You want a rich label is what yeah. you want. 
And I don't know that there's any such a thing. So I'd, I'd end up putting separate labels up to put in each one of those fonts. Right. Which seems a little tricky. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if there's a better way to... And I, I'm sure this is all easy in WPF. Yeah, if probably. anything's easy in WPF. Yeah, the, the kind of, that, that's the kind of thing that I would spend a few minutes writing a control for because you have the ability to write, you know, uh, let's just say if you started with a picture control or just a simple control, you know, you have, you can hook that on paint and then you can take the text and you can figure out the word wrapping, which, you know, every, I, I think everybody and their brother who writes code has a word wrap function. I know right. I do. It's really just measuring text and determining when to wrap it. Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, interpreting markers that you put in the code. You know, what about a, what about simple HTML? That's what it looks like. You know, it looks just like HTML. Well, I also wonder if you couldn't just draw on the back of the panel there rather than bother with separate controls on this as well. And then you'd have a lot more control. But then you have the code to render all that stuff in each panel, right? Right. So the whole, that's the whole idea behind a control. But I, yeah, label controls might be a little heavy. Rich text control might be a little heavy. In Windows forms, hmm, don't know. Yeah, don't know the it, answer. It take a few tricks to to figure out to get that right. So, but is it worth it? Yeah, I think so. Look at how well this dialogue calls out the key concepts that are yeah. on it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, good luck with that. Thanks, Tim. And uh, Richard, where can they send those emails if they want to get in touch with us? You want if you've got questions, if you want to see a particular show or a particular person, you've got ideas or flames. Fire us an email. dot net rocks at franklins. dot net. Awesome. Hey, Orlando! Welcome to .NET Rocks! Oh, come on! Come on, give it up! Wow, there are so many people here, they're just spilling out into the hallway. It's, it's am- amazing. What a big crowd! And they're enthusiastic, too. And very enthusiastic. We're here, uh, Richard and I are here at Dev Connections in Orlando, Florida, at... Uh, one of the back ballrooms. Uh, you know, the, they put us the furthest in the back they could possibly put Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's because this crowd's so rowdy. They the don't crowd want to is so big else. and so rowdy that we just didn't want to upset anyone else. And, of course, we're here with uh, Dan Whalen. Hi, Dan. Hi. How you doing, guys? Now we're doing fine. How are you? Doing all right. So you just did a session, Dan. I just did three, yeah. Three back-to-back. Back-to-back. Knocked back. it out. And, and back-to-back. Yeah, all on one day, every session you were All on one day. Yeah, it was almost like working for a living. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what was uh, what was the last session? What was your favorite session you did? Let's put it that way. Probably the Silverlight networking. Yeah, Silverlight that's networking. Very cool yeah. technology. That's kind of fun to play around with the services and okay. get into web service clients. Now I know that uh, now is this Silverlight two O you're dealing with? Silverlight two. Yep. So Silverlight two obviously uh, has a little little CLR in there, a little subset, and uh, web service support. Uh, much, yeah. Web service, WCF, Asimax. Asimax uh, in sockets too, right? Sockets, rest, you name it, you can just about get to it. Is this going to be the normal way that we, we do Silverlight, that we're going to have a services model on the back end and fetching data on demand kind of thing? Uh, you're going to have to pretty much because, uh, much like ASP.NET Ajax, you don't really have another way to talk to the back end right. directly. Yeah. And so man, I haven't heard of any plans to make that possible but uh in silverlight 2 you're basically right now going to be able to whether it's web services or rest or the things with sockets you talked about yeah communicate that way uh microsoft is going to be coming out a little later which we won't talk about here but with some new stuff as well so 
Uh, always the tease. Yeah. Yes. And you know about it, but you're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, the big guys in the back would have. Oh, yeah. Now watch for the, it's the guys in the, with the black helicopters. They're, they're not here, man. I don't <laughs> oh, know, okay. I don't well, know well, what hey. you're looking at, but they're not Don't here. worry. Nobody beyond this room is going to hear this. I mean, oh, Gary, okay. yeah. Gary's here, but he won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're all under NDA. Go ahead. Yeah. Beans. It's fine. All right. So, um, what, what, what demos did you do? Uh, the main ones focused on, you can call like Amazon.com, um, get albums in right. kind of a 3D carousel, give it the eye candy because it is Silverlight. So yeah. you got to do that. And you called uh, that from Amazon.com? They've got some kind of web service back end for all of this? They do. Um, and basically you can get everything they sell, whether it's albums or yep. uh, books or DVDs. You can search for products and you can search even purchase products. them and all and that kind of stuff. And sell them and, you know, I made like 15 bucks last quarter. Nice. Yeah. 15 bucks. Get, you're yeah. getting rich. Yeah. yeah. Almost there. Quit your day job. <laughs> What's that? Quit your day job. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's just a publicly available interface. You don't have to yep. buy anything or pay for anything. So you have to sign up. You have to you register and they yeah. send you an ID, which that's is correct. one of the tags that. Right. That I always thought that was just for, you know, putting the link on your blog to a, a book that hopefully people will no. buy. You'll get a nickel. You got to pass it in the soap messages. Okay. And so, some other big, uh, Google has a bunch of them with web services, and so does eBay. Yep. Yeah. Flickr was another Flickr. set of demos. They have a real nice REST. It's not necessarily web service based, but really yeah. nice uh, REST base. I got to wow. imagine these demos are a little dependent on the internet access in the uh, conference center. Yeah, that's the first thing I check. Oh, nice. Yeah. You're going to be in trouble. <laughs> if internet's not working, my demos are kind of screwed. Yeah. So, now, I'm interested yeah. in this personally. Uh, is there P-Invoke support at all in uh, no. Silverlight 2.0 for obvious security reasons? Yeah, you got the sandbox. Yeah. You're basically limited to whatever the browser can all right. can do. So. so anything that accesses the Windows API is out pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I guess we're, if we're literally living in a sandbox, like you said, we have to go to web services. There's no way to get data That's right. from the machine at all. Well, you can get to isolated storage. So oh, okay. You can do some local, you know, kind of protected disk access, but yeah, you can't get to anything. Let me clarify that a little bit. Um, now, if I have a component that's written in managed code that utilizes the API, that wouldn't work. Right. Is that right? So, but even some of the stuff in the framework uses the Windows API. How does? Yeah. So they. How does that work? Black box, man. It, yeah. Uh, it works, and we're happy. So whatever is available in the framework is okay, but you can't write your own wrappers around the API. Right. Definitely not WPF or Windows Forms. Yeah. Is there audio support? Yeah. Oh yeah. As far as uh, there's a media element. Yeah. There's you can play files and stuff. Yeah. But as far as not you mean low editing, level audio. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, the people who are in my class today can see where I'm going with this. Um, because I have an audio component that spits out buffers of data as you record oh, cool. and, in events. And then you can take that and code, uh, put it through a codec and then stream it. But the limiting cool. factor here would be because we're in the sandbox, we can't get you to can't devices on the machine. That's right. Right. You can, you can basically, there's an open file dialog, so you can open a file you created. Right. Um, you can get to isolated storage. You mm -hmm. can only save to isolated storage. Where is isolated storage? It's buried. If they could tell you, they'd have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's isolated. You See, don't know where uh, it is. Document settings somewhere. Okay. And is it actually like limited in size or anything? Yeah, actually there is. Uh, you know... I'm not sure I know off the top of my head. I think it's four gig or okay. a little less. But a low, you know, low enough cap that this couldn't be a mechanism by which we fill yeah, hard drives. I should say four meg. Yeah, four meg sounds more. Yeah, it's four gig, four meg. I think yeah. is the yeah. limit. Yeah, that's safe, and and then it also stops it from being used as a dumping ground of 
yeah. tons of data. It's just, I don't just think a, it'll ever be. <laughs> I don't think that'll yeah. ever be a problem. There's not a lot of people use isolated storage. No, but I could. I mean, I don't hear that. I many see some people. merit to it. That there could be glorified cookies. Yeah, because yeah. cookies secure. are what 4K. Yeah, so. right. And it so. hmm. has the added advantage of being hidden, so nobody knows where the stuff is. Apparently. Yep. I don't know. Do any of you know? Where's isolated storage? Well, okay, no that's idea. a good sign. <laughs> Obviously, it's working. People it's here, yeah. 150 people here don't know where it is, then uh, definitely. <laughs> so what else? Uh, now, you do the eye candy stuff, too. Obviously, it's not all about networking for you. Um, how's that experience been? And do you use Visual Studio? Do you use Blend? Do you write XAML directly? What do you do? I'm uh, sadly not as good as Blend or Expression. You know, 2.5 is the new one. Right. I'm not as good at that as I probably should. Um, so I use Visual Studio mainly and just play around. If I have to do gradients or something, then I break out Blend for sure. Just for the sort of key features that are really arduous to do right. in, any, in any other form. If you want to do some paths, that would be pretty difficult without uh, Blend there. Right. What about... Uh, uh, I mean, it just seems like Silverlight now is just a, it's totally a client tool. It's about yeah. generating forms or, of course, they may be spinning, swirling forms, but they're essentially still forms. Yeah, I could see some, like, PowerPoint presentations coming out here with, you know, annoying, but still works as a form. Yeah. Reminds me of that ad where the guy had the, the flaming logo, you know, <laughs> during the dot-com days. So, you've been working for a week. What have you got? Oh, the flaming logo, dude. Check it out. It's like, okay, but can they buy anything? Uh. <laughs> you could do that with Silverlight, you know? Flaming logo in XAML. Well, and it, I thought the thing that I loved so much about that dot-com boom era was that, yeah, people built dreadful UIs. Horrible. And, and, he, and that was true in vi early Visual Basic as well. Yeah, Visual so I, Basic was probably the most egregious example of a tool that was you yeah, know, badly abused. I keep waiting bad for UI. that, you know, poos on yellow WPF app. Where is that app? The really hideous <laughs> one. It just seems like they've made it complicated enough now that you just can't build any UI without some competency in graphics. Pretty much. How many of you have seen some really bad UI Okay, how about Silverlight or WPF UI, bad UI? Uh, seen... it's, maybe it's too early. Yeah. yeah I don't know, go. man. It's if coming. 150 people haven't seen uh, the bad <laughs> UI, maybe. It's coming. No. I'm, sure there, hey, I'm sure there'll be some. I mean, we're using Silverlight now for DNR TV, which that's right. pretty much a 1.1 or 1.0 kind of implementation, yeah. just being able to stream data well. Yeah. How much integration is there on that streaming side to this now 2.0 capabilities? Of what, have I got any real control over that? Well, you can host through the, what is it, streaming.live.com. So, in fact, uh, some of the videos I put up later, lately that are just uh, kind of tutorials on Silverlight 2. Yeah. Instead of eating up my bandwidth, I eat up theirs. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. That's a nice know. feature. The, the adaptive streaming is also very interesting to me, and I guess that is supposedly like uh, coming soon. I haven't or is heard, it, yeah, I haven't played with that. Adaptive so. streaming is the whole idea that, uh, well, the best example of it is real, real player. If your bandwidth gets crunched, the quality will go down temporarily, and then it'll come back up but instead the, of just shutting off. Scott so. Guthrie demoed that at Mix. Yeah, but it's not available yet. Right. It's, it's, so it's going to be an app. He was able to show it, but yeah. we, we haven't. Well, Silverlight 2 is not shipped yet. What is it? Is it CTP or is it just beta? Beta 1. Beta 1, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the theory that would be feature complete. 
theory. Yeah, in theory. Wouldn't it? Mm, yeah, from what I hear, there's still some things slated for two. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's, it, so, I think two. there was something on the RD list about that. Oh, okay. Later. Yeah. There's some definitely some, some changes. So Stuff I hear. going on. Yes. Now, you're not an RD. No. But you are an MVP. Yep. Aren't you an ASP.NET Insider as well? Yep. What is that about, really? I don't think a lot of people know about that sort of insiders thing. The main difference is the MVPs are kind of outward-facing right. uh, to the community. The ASP insiders, we're just more self No. Yeah. We're, uh, <laughs> no, we are uh, supposed to give direct feedback to the product groups. So does that mean writing emails? Like, what does that look like? A lot of list traffic. Oh, okay. And a lot of SDRs. Uh, you know, different software release cycles that we get access to. And, and so an SDR is really, you go to Redmond? Some of those, yes. Okay. SDR stands for? You know, I don't know. What does SDR like stand software for? Software development release? I don't even know. Yes. Yeah, we don't call it anything, but review. SDR. Software design yeah, review. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. So, uh, but MVPs can do that too. I mean, MVPs yep. have pretty good access to the team's. Yep. As well, and we just had the MVP summit where that's what we were doing, right? We were going hanging yep. with our product teams and complaining a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're good at that. Yeah, um, yeah. The difference, I guess, is we generally, if it's a really, really early build, and they're looking for feedback on the API set, uh, you know, hey, should we call it this? How should we structure this? We try to provide that kind of feedback. Let me get back to the Silverlight two oh for a second. Uh, the the I'm really interested in the video streaming. Now, in, even in 1.0, we can stream 720p high def, and I know that Netflix uses it to stream high def videos, and uh, uh, in fact, NBC is going to, as we saw at Mix, NBC is going to be streaming the entire Olympics in Silverlight high def, I think, to Very uh, cool. Yeah, that was a big, that's a heck of a score for Microsoft. Now, is there anything yeah. new in terms of either the codecs or the quality or the efficiency of high def video streaming or even, you know, are we going to see 1080p someday? You know, I haven't you, heard of 1080p, but uh, who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I haven't heard of anything with regard to that yeah. as far as a codec change for that. And it, which I find surprising, really, because I, my automatic rea reaction with everything is just turn it up to 11. Right. Right? <laughs> so, I, I mean, it confuses me that what's the problem with 1080p? Why aren't we just using it everywhere? So, well, it's completely much more bandwidth intensive. It's I think just that's that much bigger, bigger, huh? Yeah. Too many bytes. Yeah, I'm not aware of any... Changes with regard to that, although to I don't be know honest, I don't focus on the main right, part right. of it. So. Right. Um, did you do anything with WCF? Yep. Ran uh, with WCF as long as you're using the basic HTTP binding, you can uh, bind Silverlight to it. Anything that requires, you know, custom SOAP headers, uh, WS security spec, WSI stuff, hmm. star, right. WS star. You won't be able to do that right now anyway. And, and that's really, I think, a huge part of WCF is. The ability to secure these sort of communication angles. Yep. So, I would think a simple file uploader in Silverlight would be a really useful thing. Totally. You know, with the status bar. Yep. Because um, you can get access to the download progress. And right. Unlike Ajax, where you're kind of guessing. Unless right. you write a server-side thing, you know, to check it. Does that exist? The for uplo uh, an uploader for Silverlight, yeah. Well, you can use like the HTTP web request and web response objects. Sure, okay. built in, and, and you can it. can you use them uh, with the uh, asynchronous model. Yep, in fact, so you that have you to. can yeah, so then you can get the feedback and do the step to, the update. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. fact, you don't have a choice. You can't really do it synchronous because they don't want to lock up the browser. Of course, of course. So, so I'm trying to think about what I would be uploading from Silverlight. 
A file. I mean, you know, anytime you want to get a file from a client to a server, to right. a web server, uh, you know, our, our guys in the field, when they have their MP3 files, you know, sure. they want to upload them. The, the HTTP uploader, the default one is just horrible. You know, yeah, especially if you want progress. Yeah, yeah well, there is no progress. There's no progress. There's no recovery. There's Plus, no... there's a limit on the size that you have to override. You have to tweak, have to yeah. tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. But Rob, uh, I saw Rob Howard talk about this a couple of years ago, and he says, well, you know, people complain about this, but there is a very nice protocol that's used for uploading files. It's called FTP. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the reason I guess that he says that is uh, that you don't really want to be blocking a thread in HTTP as much as possible. So anytime you're uploading a file with HTTP, that's one thread that ASP.NET can't use. To, yeah, yep. it definitely know. hurts the web server. So if the files are too big, that go you know, and you have a bunch of people uploading files at the same time, that can really cause a problem. Yes, it can. All right, I'm still getting our, my head around I. I dig the coolness of Silverlight and the Mac and the Linux. And what apps am I really going to build? Like, where? How am I going to be delivering some kind of superior product? Every time we do a, every time we talk about Silverlight, Richard asks this question: Where's my app? <laughs> yeah, where's Dude. my killer app? It's valid. Yeah. It's valid. Where is it? <laughs> Netflix is not doing it for me. No, I mean media obviously is huge for Silverlight One. Right. Um, I think. The big thing is anytime you want a more rich medium for displaying your data, whether it be, uh, I mean, I granted, I in my demo, I mentioned I have a little carousel thing. Right. I doubt, you know, for corporate business apps, they're going to want tons of carousels floating around there. But it could be useful for finding people and search through the next set of records. Well, and I think that's an um, in interesting angle on it, too. It's the, the where Silverlight, where that kind of visualization is not going to be compelling, is it an application that people have to use constantly? Right. But in an infrequently used app, is all that visual decoration going to help us understand what to do next? Well, and I think that's the thing. Is uh, As an example, I just saw last night Yahoo Japan, I think it is, is using Silverlight 2 for a really creative, uh, basically a search mechanism. They have little people down on the bottom that raise their hands. Does it have anything to do with a flush toilet that takes your blood pressure? Yeah, I haven't seen that, but uh, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, no, no, as soon as it's a Japanese thing, I get, you know, it's Tamaguchi, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but last night I actually saw a little video clip of it, and uh, it, was, it was impressive. It visually. It visually shows you your, shows your search, and then wow. as you highlight over one of the words you're searching on, around the edge of it, it'll get big. And the pages will fly around it. Then you can mouse over a page; it'll zoom into the page. Mm. And so, very interactive, cool. you know, way to search. And again, I'm getting as much as I know that the eye candy is fun. I'm saying, am I learning something that would be hard to learn with a different or simpler UI? Yeah, and obviously, you could use any UI for search because we do now. Well, but yeah. But question number one is: Is the current UI of search lousy? And, and we don't know, I, it's a tough question to answer because we don't really know if we're missing yeah. something. And then, you know, do I get more information that particular way that I can hover over all of these links and see more of the page? Can I see enough to help make a decision that that's the page I wanted to go to? Yeah, and this you could. Yeah. This actually will show you a snapshot. Now, it's not, obviously, it's not going to be showing Totally up to date. Yeah, it's not the page. It's Richard, you know, we're old. But... We run the risk of sounding like, boy, we don't need any of that eye candy. <laughs> Don't Back in my day, we had flat gray, and we loved it. Yeah. 
Well, the other big thing, though, is uh, imagine right now in Silverlight, uh, or and let's take a regular desktop app. You know, if you get an error, you know, how many have been to a form where it's this big form, you forgot one little thing, and what do you get? A little red asterisk yeah. somewhere, and you're going, where are they? And it's off the screen as yeah, well, exactly. so you don't know what happened. <laughs> exactly. So another nice thing is you could do all these kind of visual, I mean, whether it's, I, I'm inventing this on the fly here, who knows, you could rock the text box and make an earthquake, who knows? Or make it bigger, or pull make, it out, I mean, whatever. some sort of... All that becomes pretty trivial to do. in WPI. Right, from a, you know, from a business standpoint, that could actually be useful to help simplify going through the sure. app. Sure, make it up to 80-point font, like, this one's <laughs> stupid. Well, you know, you know, Mark Miller, our good friend, is all about that kind of, uh, you know, the the whole aspect of contrast and using all the, these tools to make UI actually informative and not just a noisy. Mark's good at it. Yeah, he awesome is. Tools. He's very good at it. Well, yeah, we don't talk about. He, he never talks about it in the con that that session he does. Uh, Science of great UI. Does anybody go to that? Science of great UI. Yeah, so a handful of them. Yeah. So the funny part about that talk, and I've seen it a few times going to conferences with Mark, is that. He never talks about the fact that actually the reason this guy's a genius at UI is he built Code Russian Refactor and he had to integrate with Studio, not mess up Studio. And we could argue that Studio one of the least pleasant UIs that exists today Plus and actually give us useful information on top of Studio. He's well scholared and tufty and all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know. It's, a, it's an interesting set of thinking. So he, he's got interesting challenges in the environment that he works in. I just wonder about Silverlight becoming sort of a sovereign app, an app that's going to live on my desktop all the time. Let me ask you another practical question yeah, yeah. about uh, about Silverlight 2.0. What about starting a process? You know, how you have system diagnostics process. Uh -huh. Can I start a process and use standard in and out? No, no you're that's not out. Look. You you can, <laughs> you're just trying you to get out of that sandbox. The browser, whatever the browser lets you do, you can do. But uh, So oh, crash right spectacularly now. is easy to do? Uh, right now I yeah. could crash it, but it doesn't, it just goes away. Uh, it doesn't really crash, it just goes away. I'm just thinking of all the things the but browser does for me. I've seen a couple com. Uh, I'm just thinking about how to cause trouble, yeah, that's what I'm up. thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you try to get out of the sandbox. Of course. Is there a way? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Sandbox if there is a way, is no that fun. would be considered a bug. They would <laughs> fix yes, that. Would. Right. <laughs> so if I ever discover anything, I'll keep it to myself. There you go. I'll just, otherwise I'll turn around and fix it. I'll just publish it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, here's a th here's a different angle on this whole pro question. I'm wondering if Silverlight isn't a way to simplify people learning how to use WPF because it is a subset. Totally. I wish I would have spent. You know, when WPF came out, I right. thought it was really cool, but I was doing more web apps and didn't want the whole XBAP through the browser thing. Yeah. Because of the requirements of you know the .NET framework and all that, and. At this point, I wish I would have spent a lot more time learning WPF. Um, everything doesn't apply. No, but it's you know it's a subset. Mm -hmm. But WPF developers are going to be right. They're going to. It's going to be so easy. The, their hardest part will be, oh, you can't do that in Silverlight because obviously WPF's more rich, yeah, robust. But I also think that there's there's so few WPF developers because it is so arduous it's big. to work in. It's a massive yeah, uh, set of classes. Very cool, but yeah. But I was thinking that. Folks are going to jump directly to Silverlight because it's got its own compelling elements and in the process sort of back into WPF because they've yep. got to be, do those. Now you said you have or you haven't been using expression all that much. I, you know, I use it if I need gradients, yeah. paths, anything that literally XY coordinates, there's a whole bunch of them or something like that. That's really painful to do in raw XAML. So As I, a I developer, do you find Blend to be uh, kind of frustrating or do you find it to be, do you <laughs> know anybody who likes it? dark. Yeah, it is dark. <laughs> Dark and gray. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you have your. There's a light theme too, but 
I'm more into. I mean, granted, anybody else doing the new Visual Studio themes? You know, you can get the dark actually themes. using theming on your studio. How about, how about how about Blend? Theme. Anybody use Blend? One, two, three. three. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? It's a nice user interface, but it is dark, like you said. It's all gray. It's do you find the user interface is easy to get around in? Yeah, you think so? We agree. Yeah. But you have to think somewhat differently, right? I mean, the, the, that was the whole uh, question of Microsoft saying, I want to build an app for designers. Although I hear designers are frustrated with it, too. And so developers, are, like we feel around trying to find where things are. So channel just to repeat the channel nine dot uh, com has a bunch of stuff a bunch of videos on using blend where they you guys said they brought in a bunch of designers and they uh, were using their input yeah yeah if the designers didn't like it they chucked it hmm. I don't think it's that bad you just got to know it once you learn your way just like Visual Studio once you learn your way around the tabs but you're not that bad I'd also think the studio had a long gestation too it you did. know the, we think back to the early days of studio it was a tough thing to work in and different languages different tools got lost in it for a while at studio now we I mean how many versions in studio are we nine yeah, we're used to right it, so. it's it's pretty mature where blend is 2.5 so you know it's still it needs yep. more time. Yeah, I, but for it is good for you know anything. I'm not an, an artist at all or designer by uh, per se. I can do a little Photoshop, <laughs> right? But, Take the red uh, eye out of the eyes. Yeah, little, yeah, little Photoshop of horrors. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. You know, I can do a little mask to make it look cheesy and all that fun stuff. But um, Blend makes it. It does. I do use it for things where there's just no way I could do it by hand. Right. You know. The, right. I mean, when you start mapping out points on polygons, yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. Are right? we at the point now where folks could be doing this kind of development without going into the XAML? Um. Hmm. No. Okay. Right so now. You can do a whole bunch in the designer in Blend, and you can get your look and feel good. But then once you go into Visual Studio, right now the designer itself in Visual Studio is just read-only. Right. And you can't even drag on it at this point. Hmm. Um, so you're looking at you better know some XAML if you want to tweak things. One way or the other. And, it's, and it, to me, I keep looking at XAML as plumbing. That it, right. we, it ought to, you know, this is what Studio was supposed to be for. Right, that right. We, we had controls and we yep. constructed things and wrote chunks of code and then the XAML Richard's was impatient. the underlying file. He wants, he wants to <laughs> write I want it all now. and I want it Instant now. Instant gratification. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. it's, it's a short attention span thing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, well, I can't wait either. I can't it's, wait It's going to be better, obviously, when in Visual Studio you can actually drag right. onto the surface and rearrange and, and they'll get there. Um, yep. For now, though, the... I guess the thing I like is most people that will probably do Silverlight have probably also done HTML. Right. And there's some definite analogous things between the two. I mean, yeah, there's a learning curve, and you're going to be trudging uphill for a while. But once I think anyone who's done ASP.NET controls is probably totally. going to have a good time. Yeah. 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 Um, because you can still write custom controls. They even have the concept of user controls, events, yeah. properties, same old stuff. But at the same time, because you've always had to deal with that HTML layer and that HTTP layer, it's always had anachronisms attached to it. It's always had mm. JavaScript attached to it. Right, right. And so, I mean, I, I think is this is the most compelling thing about Silverlight, too, is, oh, goodness, JavaScript free. I can stay away from it entirely. And that's 
for me, I, I actually like JavaScript. I'm probably one of a few, I guess. But You are an anomaly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Scott Guthrie came to Phoenix and did a presentation and asked. There was probably, I don't know, 450, 500 people there. Kind of like say, here in this room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like here. Yeah. And uh, everybody out there, thanks for coming. Uh, Basically, the crowd did is so a, overwhelmed, we just can't hear him. I, exactly. We don't know what to say. He asked, you know, how many don't like JavaScript, and uh, actually it was someone else asked it, but suffice it to say, a very small percentage. How many don't like JavaScript? Clap. Yeah. yeah. How many love JavaScript? Rick Strahl. Rick Strahl is, is the only guy. There's no two only guys. Yeah, Rick Strahl doesn't count. Yeah. He's too good at does it. does not count. He's too good. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not averse to JavaScript, but the uh, ability to write C sharp or VB, whatever you want, right. is way better to me than having to worry about prototype design pattern and all that fun stuff with JavaScript. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. a language you're much more comfortable in. It's got tighter rules around it. I, we don't have the versioning issues. That okay. to me are the things you really struggle with JavaScript. Strongly typed. Yeah. You know. All the goodness. Namespaces we're used to or system.net's in there. Right. System.windows is in there. There's a whole bunch. So you know Link you know where you're going. Is in there. Mm. Uh, I've never really explored this side of things, but talk about uh, the deployment of a of a Silverlight 2.0 app. Is it is it just like ASP.net? Is there anything special going on? Yeah, there's some specialties to it. Uh, basically, when you compile, when you make your Silverlight project, um, it's going to make a, a ZAP file. We call it XAP file, which okay. is basically zip renamed. If you rename it to zip, zip can, and zap. I get it. There you go. Nice. Um, and basically, you can if you rename it, you can open it, and it packages in some of the required core DLLs that the client side needs when oh, it okay. runs, and it compiles in your DLL um, that you guys are actually going to you know run, and packages that up. And right now, it puts it in a folder. Uh, it's a client bin, so instead of the normal bin we're all used to, you get a client bin that is served up using an object tag. Okay. And one of the parameters you can give is the source for the zap, and that's it. And that basically hmm. loads it up, um, which means you do have some of the. I've had have had a couple of the caching issues that you can have with you know browser based files. They when you tend to you just update them without changing the file name, and the client's already got it cached on the client right. side. It doesn't get the new version. I've had that happen a couple times, and I know that's something they're actually looking into. Um, when anytime I've recompiled everything and you know redeploy basically that that file down, right. even if it's the same name. I actually haven't had many problems there. Okay. Control F5 so. doesn't do the trick in that case? Uh, you know, I don't know if I've tried specifically Control F5, but uh, it, it should. Yeah. I mean, you're just doing a regular compile. Right. So you can go get it. Without debug, so, yeah. What about uh, um, the real utilization of this? I mean, in, in the end, is that going to be the norm? We're going to have an HTML page that just has an object tag on it and nothing else? You can mix, but... Yeah, I mean, in fact, I had somebody in one of the sessions ask, so does this mean I don't need ASP.NET uh, pages if I'm just doing Silverlight? Right. And it's a good question. I, I think it depends. I mean, like you guys are doing streaming uh, your media, mm-hmm. and you probably have other stuff potentially or could on the page. Without, yeah, without yeah. a doubt, they, it's just one little piece of the exactly. page. Exactly. So it depends. You know, you might still have ASP.NET because you have all that other stuff. Um, I don't think Silverlight is just all of a sudden going to, uh, you know, I'm going to do everything in Silverlight now. But for right. media, for the really rich applications where you want to show very dynamic animations of data or show data more cleverly than you can do in the web, hmm. layout's not a pain in the butt now. How um, about right. a streaming MP3 player? Easy? Because uh, I see most of the players are video. Yeah, based. it's the same tag, actually. It's a really? media element. Yeah. Huh. 
it'll do WMA or MP3. So hmm. yeah, not hard. Shouldn't. Be yeah, hard. because you see this thing right here. That's, yeah, yeah. That's Flash. Shh. Oh, we're, we're looking at the .NET Rocks web page. The here listen up on the now screen. button is Flash. Yeah, Shh. that one is. But now, now to get ourselves out of trouble. Let's go over to dnrtv.com. If you don't That's know about right. dnrtv.com, where you been? We did a hundred of these. DNRTV, by the way, uh, who who knows about DNRTV? Clap if you know about it. I do. One, oh, one two goodness. guys. Okay. DNRTV is a free resource for you developers. It's like .NET Rocks uh, as an interview, but it also has uh, a video. So I'll just go through the previous shows here, and I'll show like, uh, oh, I don't know, Donald Farmer on SQL data mining. And then you can watch now in Silverlight. Um, you know, if we have Silverlight, if we had Silverlight on the yeah, machine, okay. yeah. on the conference machine, so on the conference machine, <laughs> no Silverlight, no Silverlight. That's awesome. But anyway, there's like a, there's there's a hundred and some odd shows in there, and we we publish them once a week, and a lot of people uh, listen and watch them with the group once a week uh, over lunch. We call it a lunch and learn. So get your get your team together in the kitchen or wherever in the conference room, throw that up there, and you can lunch and learn. I might say it's a cool design. You guys design that? Or? Actually, I didn't design that. Our, our friend Dax Pandey from India. Yep, right down uh, at the bottom there. You see Nucation. Nucation. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's Dax, and he does all okay. our sites. Actually, yeah. he's that's got good. serious like serious art skills. That man. But anyway, it's a Camtasia video plus a .NET Rocks interview all at the same time. So great stuff. Yeah, sometimes you need to see the code. That's right. And now back to our regularly scheduled .NET Rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we were saying... But I'm glad that's Silverlight. We're, we're talking about the media element. Right. Yep. Yeah, it basically does uh, your WMV formats uh, up to the 720, obviously. Right. Plus your not the 1080 that I'm aware of anyway. That's, I haven't yeah. heard any changes there. And your, your media files as far as audio goes. And, of course, we go to conferences and things and they... There are folks inside of Microsoft that are aware that that listener now is Flash. So we, we have some pressure on us to make sure we get that across the silver light real soon now. So it's coming. It's coming. We'll get the, that, the other get cool media there. one, though, is uh, the multi-scale image. And I'm sure a lot of you probably saw the Hard Rock uh, Zoomer. Oh, app. yeah. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. And Deep that, Zoom. That whole Deep Zoom. Yes. Photosynthesis yeah. uh, tools. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it so much. I called Scott Stanfield up and said, "We got to do a show on that." Yeah, it's very. So cool. we got that coming in the in the, in the near future. I've actually downloaded the code, the Deep Zoom code. You can download it and make your own sort of just enormously gigantic uh, zoomable picture piles. You, I don't know what else to call them. No, that's what it is. I mean, you yeah. just you can take a, you know a photo of a person and in the retina of their eye shrink down another big photo so then you can zoom into their eye and then the other photo gets big and it just goes on forever. Uh, I just Google Deep Zoom or I'm sorry Windows Live Search for <laughs> Deep Zoom. <laughs> deep Zoom. <laughs> right here. Deep Freudian Zoom. Slip. Don't say yeah. the G word. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Deep Zoom Composer is on Composer. the Microsoft site. So you need the uh, some expression tool, uh, I think, and you need the Composer. And you and, need Silverlight. Uh, and Silverlight, of course. Yeah, once you get it going, though, you you know put on your multi-scale image control. And yep. they have some really nice in the code. You probably looked at some yeah. wheelie, uh, wheelie support there for yep. the mouse wheel. Right. Cool stuff. Uh, have you talked looked at Surface at all? I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, a lot of folks have seen it. I'm just wondering if we're we're inching towards 
uh, with WPF, the Silverlight options, stuff like Deep Zoom, we're getting into this more sophisticated UI. Maybe what's really holding us back is the mouse. That the single point location and click is, is the limiting feature. And that the big thing about Surface, the coolest thing about Surface is multi-touch. That I grab the picture and stretch it and it gets bigger and I should be able to push in. I mean, I think that really would open up the possibilities for WPF. Why why have this great visualization I want when I only mice. have one finger? I want two mice, one in each hand. <laughs> and then I can... Oh, never mind. Yeah. See, my problem is your screen. My screen can get all smudgy. they got to come up with some really good answers. Gotta, yeah, some kind of anti Some hand, handy wipes. I yeah, think. Some we'll handy wipes. There that. you go. You're yeah. probably not supposed to eat your PBJ while you're using Surface. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Some of the restaurants now are supposedly going to have them, right? On yeah, your restaurants. Table. That's going to be awesome. That's a great comment. Waitress huh? is going to clean the table and your bank account's going to be drained. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, we, I definitely think we're getting towards seeing more touch scenarios. And I think, yeah. but multi touch UI, I think, is sort of that stumbling block of what's going to make WPF and all of these new visualization technologies relevant. I agree. I, I want a Surface in my house. Don't, don't we all? Anybody don't want a Surface? We all want. Does anybody a know what Surface is? Sorry. Okay. Not a coffee table computer. Coffee table computer, multi-touch. I like the the demos where you take your your cell phone. Uh, one guy takes their cell phone. The other person puts down a, a camera, and he puts down the camera, and all the photos spill out of the camera onto the table, and then you can just go and drag them onto your oh, cell yeah, phone. Oh yeah, that's a cool one. I've just seen that. Amazing stuff. But yeah, an yeah, cool. interesting level of integration to think in terms of, of course, we can't do the silver because we can't get access to devices, right? Mm. But the fact that that phone or that camera was near Surface and somehow either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth that started communicating with it, and I expect the security model on that's going to be challenging. You know, just leave Bluetooth open be, all the time. Who's going to put stuff on my phone? And you know, do you want all your all your photos spilling out onto the table? Yeah. <laughs> What's this doing here? You need a rating rating system yeah. for Oh, images. we don't want that one. <laughs> Just go pew, it goes off and <laughs> send it away. We start See, off we have the ideas. That's oh, why yeah. they, they never right. call me. They never call me. <laughs> never call you. Someone's not listening that should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well it'd be interesting to see what happens when Surface gets in the hands of regular developers and we start going to town. But I got to imagine that the class library for dealing with multi-touch is really hard. I mean, so much of the paradigm yeah. of Windows development is focused on focus, X and right? Y. Yeah, on we are in this one place. Yeah. So what if we're now in those ten places? Get yeah. get cursor position now returns an array. Yeah, <laughs> your your life just got more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the whole idea that a click event goes to a window. How many click events happen at the same time there? Right. That's a good one. It's an interesting problem. Press twice. Does it fire one? Yeah, it's fire it one, fire, fire two? two. And is it on the same reference as the window? Does it tell you which finger you used? Yeah. You know? It's a middle you finger. Gestures. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Could it imply a whole other set of meanings there? Could there you? could be. <laughs> Boy, started. that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> everyone got that. Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. got that. We started off this conversation actually on the web services side of things right. and how Silverlight becomes a front end largely for web services. Uh, you're out there building applications. Where are you seeing them using web services in a serious way? Are we actually putting them like publicly facing now? You know, I think more and more, if it's an enterprise type based system and you got to have things, and this won't apply to Silverlight, but you got to have WS security and the WSI right. standards. Web servers are a pretty good way to go because you have message level integrity mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. 
Um, but you know, more and more sites, if you look at Flickr and Dig and the G1 and Live <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, I don't know how your things work here, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, good guys in the back. Yeah, yeah. They're always stalking us. Yeah. Um, they're all using or moving to, and in fact, Microsoft with the data services, uh, Storia. Mm. Right. Is, you know, moving mm. more to REST based APIs, mainly yeah. because you just eliminate all that com- complex and you don't have to have WSDL. Um, you don't have to know every little WS standard with the star that there is. Right. right. You can, now granted, it's very loosely coupled because, you know, if you guys put up one for, that's a REST based, uh, of all your videos or whatever, like RSS almost. Yeah. Obviously, you got to know how to parse that stuff. And like Flickr, as an example, uh, you know, they have uh, photos and photo tags. So the downside is you're going to have to write the code that serializes the XML into the objects and vice versa if you're going both ways. But the upside is that once you get that figured out, you know, you're pretty much done. Sure. And it's just a get type request. So it's simple. I think RSS, uh, real simple syndication, really made people go, wow, web services and all that whistle stuff really isn't necessary, is it? Not for basic data exchange. Just Absolutely hollow it down. Not. Just make it simpler. But I also think that uh, the apps, like I look at the list of companies you described there using these web services, and the thing they had in common for the most part is that the service itself was free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was, you, you can't seem to charge for this stuff. And I, I don't know if it's just that the customer is unwilling to pay or if uh, it has more to do with like a service level agreement mentality that I just can't guarantee that thing's going to be up. Hey, if the Amazon service is down, I lose out on my nickel. Yep. But that's about it. And if the Google service is down, oh, I said it again. <laughs> you, we, we have to go search on some other search environment. Like it's just not, I don't see this as serious application development models yet. It, it's the web 2.0 stuff where we're trying to figure out if we're ever going to make money with it but not taking an enterprise class app and saying, this is how we're going to deploy it, except internally. Internally, I could see, I was just going to say, if you had a, as an example, you know, Active Directory is not exactly the most fun to integrate with. Ah, with no. Dot .NET. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's rocket science, but... It know, is a pain. It's, yeah. It can be if you don't know what you're doing there. And so having a REST front end internally that anyone can call, um, you know, and you can still lock that down. But credential-wise. It also seems that like it's could be turned into where we have the potential to turn it into the sort of ODBC, so to speak, of legacy systems. Mm. That whatever legacy system I have in my organization, if I can get it to a REST layer, yeah. everybody will use it. Could be, and the good news is they could. Yeah, they could. Versus uh, with web services, the downside is if you're doing basic Azimax services, great. It works with everyone pretty much. Sure. Mm. But as soon as you start to move into, I keep mentioning WSI type stuff, mm. you know, you're know, you not guaranteed every client. Mm-hmm. Especially the older ones. Yeah. don't know what that is. Yeah. Don't, well, so the, the, feel, I still feel like the WSI stuff is still changing too rapidly to be mandated as any kind of standards for anything. Well, I mean, what are we up to? Version 3.5 now? Well, there's enough specs that I can't remember yeah, at all. So can't keep up. Michelle uh, wrote a great post on making sense of all the specs. Yeah. Just because you can't. Apparently, she's the only one who understands it. I think she is. I yeah. think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it'll be interesting to see if Silverlight goes to the trouble of starting to comply with some of those authentication mechanisms so they could be using WCF as their their web service. We have sort of a secure feeling protocol between Silverlight and the the server. And I would think, I think right now the issue is they got a ship date. 
in mind. Yeah, and they'll, and they'll start cutting features to get out that door. Exactly. They're going to get out the door. But I would think going forward, and I can't say that I've heard like the man say it, but I've heard some others say that they are kind of looking into... It's got to be on a feature list at, somewhere. Exactly. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge. You know, message level security, not having to have HTTPS and stuff. Right. Why do we hate SSL so? What know, about the don't. crypto API? Is that accessible as part of the uh, you do, framework? You know, I can't say I've tried that one. Uh, it seems like I did remember seeing some cryptography stuff. It, I don't want to quote on that one. Okay. That's <laughs> haven't tried it. it haven't tried it. I think you've asked that question before, too. Other folks that were talking on these things. The crypto API is important. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know it is there in the framework, in yeah. the regular framework, and people use it all the time. And it's and definitely. I don't know if the crypto one maybe is there, but I, it seems like I did see something related dot, to the security.cryptography uh, type stuff. Yeah, system.security.cryptography. I have to pull right. up the docs here, but right. I haven't used that one yet. <laughs> yeah, there must be a better known framework on that somewhere. There must be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had this conversation with uh, Michelle actually around the fact that because SSL is so prevalent in securing any communication, any kind of web server of any sort, WCF is really crippled, right? You only can use sort of the most basic levels of WCF because it expects to have encryption going all the way back to the web server. And and uh, the IT folks are using uh, uh, SSL terminators. They're using devices on the on the edge of their network, uh, in their, their firewalls and so forth, to do the termination there, and that just messes WCF up. Um. I haven't come across any messing up problems, but I do see where the server people are more, you know, they're like, that's quick. We'll slap in a certificate and right. call it good. Hey, we're done. Um, the problem they don't ever see, of course, is the, you know, that's point to point, as you mentioned. Yeah. And WCF gives you that end to end because the service may call another service. And, and, you know, if you think of uh, ASP.NET AJAX as an example, you know, you can't use the XML HTTP request object to call directly to a service. So you have right. to go through a middleman. Well, now you have two services, and are you guaranteed that it's secured behind the scenes? Yes. And that's the problem. You don't have control over that. And I think the system guys, they don't, if it's not in their environment, they, nah, I don't, that's not my problem. Not actually the problem. Well, they, and I think they look at security in a very different way, uh, and, and don't agree on how any of those things are going to be implemented. But it's, I mean, it's fascinating to me to think, would Silverlight ever front something like that? As, is that going to be the client? You know, I guess it depends on how ease of use, because uh, if you need to grab data, as an example, on a more time basis, you know, polling, right? then obviously ASP.NET AJAX, it has the timer control and all that good stuff. You can do that. But if you want to go the reverse, you know, good luck with AJAX, you can't. Right. Whereas with Silverlight, that would move us into more of the sockets and you we, could have a listener and push. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting idea to have real push rather than exactly. poll-based push. Exactly. Do we actually you know, establish a long-term connection like that that would reestablish and is waiting for traffic to occur? Exactly. And, then, and plus it keeps all the clients in sync because you can push out the same. You know, okay. Well, now you've come up. Now you've given me an idea, Dan. I mean, there's something so distinctive. <laughs> well, it only took 30 minutes. There you all go. Right. <laughs> the alternative, I mean, there is no way in a browser right now for me to have a client maintain a connection with a server so that it could receive notifications. Any Make other browser connection, you could do it. Yeah, with a socket connection, you could. Yeah. Any other right. implementation inside of a browser requires a poll. Yep, you right. have. To, I got anything now? Got anything now? Got anything now? And it'd be a lot less work for me to simply say, "I want to hold that socket open, wait for any traffic to right. come down. If it falls down, I'll reestablish it. But otherwise, I'm not going to do anything until something happens." Yeah, the example I demoed in the last session you were asking about is uh, kind of a it's a fake basketball game, right, um, on mm-hmm. the server. 
And you, know, you can imagine somebody sitting at the scoreboard, and as they input the scores, it also updates this app. Right. And it actually pushes the scores and who did what, who fouled, who made the free throw, who whatever, down to the Silverlight client, and then it's just bam. And if you open one, you'll get the same exact data as you see. Right. And that's what's cool about well, it. Well, and, and all of these sports websites do exactly that, sort of literally play-by-play web-based Every browser's polling, like how much work, unnecessary work, are their web servers doing because of this? Yeah, well, exactly. Dot begin receive. Exactly. <laughs> we got a question from the audience. With all the uh, applications and the, uh, I guess, development that they're doing on all different products, uh, Silverlight, XAML, ASP.NET, are they bringing together something entirely uh, closed-minded for the single user? Are they going to interact with... Uh, the design of the architect, I can see that in foundation server, but are they going to bring it all together so one user can program and design and architect and bring everything together? So every, so I guess one person can do it all? One developer person or one? I guess, so you, I think you're asking, are we going to have blend inside of studio? Sort of? Uh. <clears throat> Will one person be able to just design, be able to architect, be able to develop in all one little application for two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. Yeah, I was just going to say, good we'll luck finding the uh, coder slash developer design. It's a lot. It's a <laughs> but, and what's really happened is we've loaded so many skills required to do all these things. Yeah, I mean, I I see well folks like Michelle who are total WCF specialists that just aren't worrying about the other stuff. Nope. And and I got to think there's going to be pure WPF specialists as well. I don't know if Silverlight is a specialty under its own, but it's yeah. Can a generalist actually survive with this much stuff need to be known? It's a good question. Uh, speaking of questions, got another question here. Um, since Flash has already been brought up, uh, does Silverlight allow you to run out of a browser? Right now, no. And, you know, you'd be talking about the, in fact, I just, when was last week, just did a whole Photoshop in Flash on my desktop, which was mighty impressive. Uh, I, I could literally crop and mask and all that just with, uh, and what is it? It's not, it's not pure flash. It's, uh, not flex. What's the other one? Uh, air, Adobe air. And, uh, right now, no, Silverlight is a browser container. Are there any plans for that or do you know? Yeah. Uh, I have heard there, yeah, there you go. Get yeah, WPF, yeah, yeah. three five. Yeah, don't we, yeah, don't we, yeah, yeah. Isn't that what, exactly what that is? We just compile an application, right? It seems more like we've done a lot of hoop jumping in Studio to run in the browser yeah. versus what that would normally work in. Yeah, I have heard they, they're aware of that, obviously. And I know that's something they want to do because there's others already doing it. Um, but I haven't heard a time frame or anything you like that. You uh, could get a web browser control, put it on a Windows form. Yeah, there you go. I did that once. Did I ever <laughs> tell you that story, Carl? I think so, but tell I, the story anyway. I had this customer who wanted a zero deployment application but would not allow Internet Explorer on the desktop in any form. And uh, this is back in the era of, like, Netscape 2. Like, it's a long time ago. It was literally IE3. And so we built a VB app that embedded the IE3 control on the page, uh, on, on the form. But the icon was gone. That's what I realized they actually didn't like. They didn't like the IE icon. As long as they couldn't see the icon, they were fine. Though they were amazed that we created this application that we deployed once and updated regularly and never needed to ship a new client. That's awesome, man. Yes, you did tell that one on the show a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> Got another question from the audience. What I've seen mostly with the Silverlight is it's mostly just a display uh, for data. 
Is there any plans to integrate it more tightly with, say, Link to SQL so you can do updates um, a little bit easier than just display? Yeah, that's the, uh, the can't say a whole lot on it, but yes, they're definitely... Um, <laughs> well, they're unit, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, well, Silverlight 2.0 is much more interactive. I mean, are you still thinking about 1.0? No, I, with the 2.0, with the at least what I've seen so far, there's not any tightly coupled way to say, yeah. I've updated this field, send it back, link to SQL will take care of the updates and everything like that. You might still need to put it in some external HTML you're still going to have to have yeah. a service. Yeah, is it, yeah, just a web service yeah. sending back the changes. So, I mean, Silverlight 2 has given us the ability to create a form, have a button that's going to submit, but it's going to be a service call to go that's back. Right. As right. opposed to, I think, what, you, what you're suggesting, sir, is, is I want bound data over the wire. Almost right. like a Windows yeah. form app. Right. What, what could go wrong with that? <laughs> well, there could be a lot. I just wondered if there was some further direction other than taking it outside of the Silverlight, putting it into uh, an actual web form and sending yeah. it over the web normally. Sounds, anything in, you know. It sounds like a, an opportunity for a third-party developer to uh, write a control that does that. So you're elected. Let me know when yeah. it's... Uh, yeah. let me know. <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. Yeah. Right. yeah, suffice it to say, though, Microsoft's very aware of that and is uh, actively looking into that, we'll say. One more question from the audience. Yeah. So uh, do we need to fire the guy who, um, who programs Flash um, in our company and hire someone who does Silver, Silverlight? <laughs> I'd say absolutely not. <laughs> um, what it, well, the answer is, that. what are you guys looking to do? <laughs> are you only looking to Silverlight? Uh, I mean, I, I just saw some couple of demos, and I thought it was pretty cool, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't do Flash or Silverlight, but... Yeah, but I know. Um, okay. The good news is with you know, with your developer, they can do a lot of the similar things. Um, now they're going to use ActionScript and you know whatever Flash people do. But um, the good news with Silverlight is if your developer already knows some .NET by chance, maybe C Sharp, maybe .NET, even some Ruby or some of the dynamic language stuff, then. Uh, you know, they'd, they'd be in business pretty quick. It, I'm not going to pretend there's no learning curve. There is. I, yeah, I have to wonder how portable the skills of a Flash developer would be to a Silverlight development. And I, th I think the main problem is uh, Flash, you know, you use the editor. Right. Um, whereas right now, you have Blend, which is kind of like the Flash, you know, replacement environment. Right. But... You can also edit the XAML much more directly because it's a XML format. Right. Whereas Flash, what's it have? The SWF or something along those lines yeah. files. Um, now, I know they've changed that with some of the newer products they've come out with. It, Adobe it, has. Do you think that, that the, the sudden, I mean, Adobe suddenly put a lot more attention. Do you think Silverlight is part of their sort of emphasis to. You got to wonder. Yeah, you got to think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Didn't Microsoft tell us that this wasn't a Flash killer? Yeah, that, and, you know, I. Don't think anytime soon it's going to, but it sure makes it really nice for us .NET people to develop rich apps. Yeah, and I guess that gets back to the original question of, are we just creating new uh, browser-based client-side development techniques, or are we converting existing ones? Yeah, it depends on your app. I guess that's true. Well, gentlemen, we are out of time. You know what I know? What? It's ice cream time at the conference. It's oh, ice oh. cream time, and you're going to see uh, 150 geeks bolt out of here right now. <laughs> I, I just want to thank Dan Whalen. I'd like to thank everybody. I thank all of you. Wow, what a throng.
And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a